Chair, staff is ready when you are. Great, thank you. Uh, good evening and welcome to the October 18th Preservation Commission meeting. I think I forgot to, boom. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Merker? Here. Commissioner Root? Here. Commissioner Burns? Here. Commissioner Nayar? Here. Commissioner Montemayor is absent. And Chair McSlavkin? Here. Thank you, we have quorum. Great, thank you. I would like to remind members of the public and chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. My apologies. Um, I have not given you the updated scripts and we no longer uh, use Zoom for our um, Got it. public comment here. Okay, then please disregard what I just said and you should have shown up here at the meeting for public comment, I guess. My apologies. Um, no problem. Um, we'll go ahead then and get started with today's agenda, uh, starting with the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands from Commissioner Merker. Please rise. The original people of this land, the Anisinan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Tatun Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Thank you. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance from Vice Chair Root. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. Thank you. Our first business today is the consent calendar, is on the consent calendar, the approval of the Preservation Commission meeting minutes. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you, Clerk. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item or make a motion to approve the minutes? Uh, Vice Chair Root. I'd like to make a motion to approve the minutes as they are currently stated. Great, a motion from Vice Chair Root to approve the minutes. I'll go ahead and second. Um, will the clerk please call the roll or call the vote? Thank you, Chair. Uh, if commissioners could please unmute their microphones. Uh, Commissioner Merker? Yes. Commissioner Root? Yes. Commissioner Burns? Yes. Commissioner Nayar? Commissioner Montemayor is absent, and Chair McSlavkin. Yes. Thank you, the motion passes. Great, we'll now proceed to the discussion calendar section of the agenda, beginning with item two, Draft Preservation Commission Annual Report. Looks like we have a staff presentation from Director DeCourcy. Thank you, Chair. Yes, Sean DeCourcy, Preservation Director for the Community Development Department. Um, I have no visual presentations this evening, just an oral report for both items. Uh, for item number two, the updated uh, 2023 Council Rules of Procedure established a requirement for all legislative bodies, including the Preservation Commission, to draft and approve an annual report. 
This is a this will eventually be a recommendation to the city council, but today is before you as merely a review and comment. The plan will be revised uh, as needed and returned to the commission, hopefully at the November Preservation Commission meeting. That concludes my remarks on this item. Um, I'll wait your discussion. Great, thank you. Do we have any commissioner questions or comments for Director DeCourcy? Anyone? I've got a few questions for you. I'm the next speaker, sorry about that. Um, just going back through the report. Um, one was this, the Native American policy resolution for adoption. What is that? The idea is to incorporate Native Amer recognition of Native American cultures and peoples into our planning process. And that would uh, likely come in the form of a resolution that would come before the Preservation Commission. That's um, something that we've had on our work plan for about a year and something we'd definitely like to get to um, in, the coming, in the coming year. This is <clears throat> the section of the report you're referring to um, is really sort of the, the heart of this, of this annual report and that is um, the first part of the report overviews what we've done in the past year and this latter part of the report outlines what staff uh, intends to involve the commission in in uh, the following year. It's a, it's a very ambitious list, and it's not likely we'll achieve everything on it, but it does lay out a list of priorities. There's some items on here that are uh, rather immediate, like the Eichler uh, survey, the, um, the nomination of North Sacramento School, and then there's some items like this Native American policy resolution that are more lofty and don't have um, sort of immediacy to them, but, um, but that is the, that's the general, um, the general intent behind that uh, goal. Got it. And one related question, um, this might fall under potential grants, but something we've talked about and that came up with, I think Shannon Priest was her name from OHP, um, was the potential for a historic context, historic context survey grant around Native American or indigenous people's history. And she mentioned how San Francisco and LA were already in the process of doing it, leaving the best city in the state far behind because they're doing it ahead of us. And I wondered, does that relate to this resolution, the idea of going for any kind of grant? Is it too lofty? Is it something we might be able to commit to? How do we see go a historic context study in the context of the work plan? I think that would actually be a, a great way to sort of begin this discussion because a lot of the, a lot of the reason or a lot of the reasons why we haven't taken this on is because we need to have conversations with the tribes before something like this can get started, and one way we could do that is through the development of a historic context. The um, a potential a grant uh, for for a historic context like that would definitely be. Um, something we could pursue. The, um, the, the problem is simply staffing. Right. We have, uh, we just received the LGBTQ plus um, grant and we're getting that started as Shannon announced at the uh, meeting, previous meeting. And so we really need to, we really can only take on one big grant project at a time. So we'd have to complete that before we could apply uh, I mean, we could be applying for another grant, but the timing, that's what we did with the African-American Experience Project. We applied for it, the LGBTQ grant, while we were still completing that, but they overlapped, and then the timing 
worked that we finished one and then we're already starting the next. So we could apply for it in this coming year with the intention of finishing the LGBTQ plus project uh, within one year, which is the allotted time under the grant, and then be applying for it in the coming year. So we could definitely add that to our uh, prospective grants. Um, I had that same thought and wasn't sure just what was in the pipeline, because in addition to competition with these other cities, we've been on a roll, you've been on a roll with the African American study, the grant for that, the LGBTQ plus grant, and bringing in all these additional funds. So I was curious as to what might be next, and it sounds like it could be something around the... Yeah, I'll do some uh, more research. The National Trust for Historic Preservation, who was the grantor for the um, African American Experience Project, has a grant specific to Native American history and culture. So we could look to see when those grant deadlines are coming up. It's likely in the spring uh, when they make the announcement and with, uh, with you know, a few months to prepare your grant application and then grant applications due um, thereafter. So yeah, we can look into that. Okay, and we Thank can you. add that to the work plan for, uh, for w when the final draft returns to you next month. Great, thank you. Um, any other commissioner comments or questions for Director DeCourcy? Great, uh, do we have any com uh, comments from members of the public? Thank you, Chair. I have received no speaker slips on this item. Great, uh, well, thank you so much. And we will now move on to our next agenda item. Item three on our agenda, the City of Sacramento Historic Plaque Program Update, uh, also from Director DeCourcy. Uh, thank you, Chair. So again, Sean DeCourcy, Community Development Department, Preservation Director. And we wanted to take this meeting as an opportunity to provide you an update um, on our on a small grant that we received and the outcome of that grant, but also the uh, grant program in general and sort of the, give you a chance to discuss the, um, the program as it currently operates, how we changed it recently, and um, some of our goals for, for continuing going. Um, before I get started, it is one of our most popular preservation incentive programs. So we, there's in your staff report, there's a list of the plaques that we've awarded since the program has been in operation. Um, and so we really do prioritize it as, as one of the programs that really is able to highlight our historic properties for the public. Um, it's a benefit to historic property owners that, that they, uh, often apply for and, and realize and sometimes will nominate their properties so they can uh, apply for a plaque. So uh, with that, in 2022, we received a small grant, $4,000, from the Certified Local Government Program, uh, which we used. We, it was a general preservation grant that we could have used for any preservation-related purposes, but we used it to award a small number of historic pla plaques to qualified uh, commercial properties. Staff use the grant as an opportunity to take a fresh look at our plaque program and how it operates. Um, the program was created by Sacramento Heritage, which was the city's former preservation-related nonprofit. Um, the plaque program, as your staff report reviews, was, uh, has been managed by city staff for a long time, so Sacramento Heritage had not been uh, active in the administration of the program. To identify potential candidates for new plaques, staff formed an advisory group of three members of the public that have a background and interest in historic preservation. Staff sought to identify a plaque template that would provide an alternative design for commercial properties, and then we utilized the grant funds to distribute the new design to the, to the selected properties. 
Staff is currently undertaking a few steps that will make our plaque program more accessible and effective in the future. We would like to find a third, more affordable, high-quality plaque option for property owners. We want to find a plaque manufacturer that is located closer to Sacramento. Both of our plaque manufacturers at this time are located in the Midwest. We'd like to update the plaque application form and uh, related to that, create a fillable online form that will help streamline our plaque application process because these are not applications that are submitted through our conventional planning application portal. They're uh, emailed to us at this time and uh, it just makes it naturally fit to an online form portal uh, process. So with that, that concludes my remarks. I, we definitely welcome any uh, comments or suggestions the Preservation Commission might have about the program as it operates today, the new plaque design or new plaque plaques or any of the uh, improvements we'd like to make to the program in the near term. Thank you so much, Director DeCourcy. Uh, it looks like we have a question or comment from Vice Chair Root. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, uh, I know the plaque program has always been an important part of uh, our preservation program, and I'm glad to see it continues. Um, prior to this meeting, I took a little time to try and identify if there were any other um, alternatives to uh, manufacturers that were closer and perhaps emulated the desi design and style that we already have. Um, and I located um, a manufacturer in Southern California. They uh, use cast aluminum. They call it bronze tone, um, but it looks just like the signs we already have. Um, it suggests that it's 35 to 45% cheaper uh, and lighter, um, and I've forwarded the information along to Director Corsi prior to the meeting, um, but that seems like there may be some <clears throat> other material alternatives that could um, still uh, fall within what we have, but be more uh, cost efficient. Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, mention was, um, oh, uh, could there be, or this is a question rather, um, could there be an opportunity for um, these signs to be digitized? It's something I harp on a lot on this commission. Um, I know in your, uh, the previous um, <coughs> agenda item there was discussion of potentially digitizing, you know, landmarks if we were to digitize or digitize survey data as a potential, um, would there, could there also be an opportunity to digitize or make a more or less walking tour map of landmarks in Sacramento? So otherwise they're, you just have to be on the street to see them. Um, seems like we could highlight them uh, further. That's all. Excuse me. Uh, let's go ahead to a uh, question or comment from Commissioner Merker. All right, thank you, Chair. Uh, so a bit of background, I actually had the um, honor of uh, serving on Sacramento Heritage during that uh, time when the plaque program was generated and, and served on the, the committee that put together that um, program. Uh, I was uh, lead on designing the plaque as well. Uh, so it's also a, an honor and privilege to see that that plaque is still up and running in the community and, and as a popular program. Uh, so I wanted to go through, if, if I could, uh, a few notes that uh, I found from uh, our committee meetings back in uh, 2009 uh, and make a correction and say, well, the plaque program's only been around since 2009 and not 2006. 
uh, but it's still quite a while. Uh, so if I may, uh, we uh, made some considerations at the time that uh, it's good that staff is uh, taking another look at uh, because of the evolution of, uh, of costs and, uh, and material availability on the market. Uh, we felt it was important to have uh, the city seal protected uh, and uh, not available for use by uh, members of the public without uh, having this official city plaque program that uh, it, it needed to go through that approval process to have something like that um, posted on uh, a private property. Uh, we had some uh, uh, kind of regular wording that should occur on the plaques, uh, so I think that uh, part of the program appears to be still in place. Uh, and uh, and wanted to uh, make sure that the plaques did not get too wordy uh, in most cases and, and be very succinct so that uh, it, it was a good draw to the eye and uh, didn't take too much time to, to read. Also was visible from the street. Um, at the time, uh, we had a goal of the cost of the plaque being about $200 or less. Obviously, uh, inflation and material costs have skyrocketed since that time, so it's, de it's definitely important for staff to continue looking for a, a affordable price point or ways to subsidize for um, certain applicants. Uh, and uh, the materials we looked at at the time uh, that would be preferred for durability uh, and uh, long lasting uh, also included porcelain enamel uh, in addition to aluminum. Uh, so that might be something uh, that staff could uh, research as well. Uh, something to watch out for is uh, the companies that claim that they are the manufacturers of the plaques are not necessarily the manufacturers and are a third party. Uh, so the foundries uh, may still be located in the Midwest or elsewhere, even though the company uh, that sells you the plaque uh, might be local or um, you know, closer to uh, Sacramento. Uh, the Office of Historic Preservation has a list of companies uh, that they publish uh, that they don't endorse, but they know are capable of uh, manufacturing uh, plaques of, of good quality and durability. Uh, so it's worth uh, staff looking, uh, number one, at that list, which includes the plaque companies that uh, the city already uses. Uh, so I'm willing to uh, assist staff in, in the future if uh, they have any questions about any of the process we went through in the past and, uh, and continue to do the research. Great, thank you. That is very useful information. I have one follow-up question for you partly curiosity, but also relevant. When you say it was important people couldn't get the city seal on their own, was there an issue of people putting up their own unofficial plaques? Was that a thing that was happening? Well, we didn't pres uh, observe it at the time, uh, but knowing that you can pretty much get anything on the internet, right. uh, it was a possibility, and wanted to um, make sure that anyone who went through the plaque program, the official plaque program, would be uh, getting access to that city logo without any additional setup fees uh, and uh, would be, it would be more attractive to go through the official city program um, because of that uh, lower price point uh, of incorporating the city logo and, and not be uh, tempted to, to use the logo without, uh, without prior permission. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, there is no requirement by the city is, you know, copyright or trademarking right. that, that would prevent members of the public from doing that. Um, and Director DeCourcy, oh, we have a comment from um, Attorney Burdick, excuse me. 
Yeah, I just wanted to point out there is a provision of the city code that it's a violation of the city code to use the seal, city seal, if not specifically authorized. Thank you. Um, Director DeCourcy, I was curious if you have comments on the cost question and this, the other vendor, the list from OHP, and just as we're eager to make sure that we do have the best deal here for the plaques. So we're always, we're, we added one plaque option to our, um, to our plaques. There was the previous, there was one plaque option before, now there are two. The cost point for these plaques, these, these are aluminum plaques, the new ones, are not cheaper. Um, the, the, like I said, one of our goals is to find a cheaper option, and the one that Commissioner Root sent over today looks very promising. It's an aluminum plaque that resembles bronze, and it's smaller. The one we have is larger, and it's interesting that Commissioner Merker mentioned that one of the goals was to keep the plaques simple and streamlined, and the committee that we formed um, through their their deliberations wanted more information on the plaques, and so the uh, that's that's sort of a conflict because the uh, the idea is that you know you want to give people information. Um, one of the one of the challenges as well is you know this concept of I know you're, you're referring Commissioner Root digitizing plaques. Um, location so a walking tour could be created. Another idea of using um, new media is to create QR codes. The new plaques give us the ability to do that, but you have to have a stable, um, a stable site that those QR codes go to uh, that's not going to change or be hacked or any other number of IT issues. So we did not, that was an idea of the committee that was not pursued. Um, but yes, we are looking into, that is definitely one of our goals, is to find a cheaper option that is um, more accessible to especially private property owners, residents, residential landmarks particularly, um, <clears throat> because the, these are both right around $500, and that's just, that's just untenable for a lot of people. So that will definitely be something in the future we continue to refine. Commissioner Merker, did you have a follow-up? Uh, no, I did not. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Vice Chair Root, go ahead. Thank you, uh, Chair. Uh, I actually had one other quick question uh, for uh, Director DeCourcy. Um, has there ever been any interest or thought about looking at additional funding sources to increase the, the um, uh, the pool, the pot to pay for the signage or offset the cost in some way. So if, let's say, hypothetically, there was uh, demolition of a historic landmark or demolition of a historic structure, having mitigation measure fund, um, fund it to offset costs or something to that effect? Thank you. One of the ideas that we um, thought of to offset cost is to apply for more small grants like these. And we also floated the idea of potentially approaching Preservation Sacramento and seeing if they would fund, say, for each new landmark that was established, if they would uh, purchase a plaque for the property owner. Um, we haven't approached them with that because I, I don't, know that they're they can support that program on an ongoing basis and so then it would be 
uh, would sort of favor new prop new landmark uh, property owners as well as if we did a district like we're, we're contemplating a district now then what do we do with the district contributors do we give them all plaques and then that could easily be in the tens of thousands of dollars so yeah we floated some ideas about how to offset the cost but um, and it could certainly be worked into an environmental mitigation measure as part of an environmental impact report, but then uh, that's a little bit different uh, process. Um, so yeah, we, we, we thought about some ideas, but I think the easiest way to deal with this is to find a more affordable plaque option that's in the 150 or $200 range, um, but is still, still a, a nice looking plaque with sufficient information on it. Um, I had a different question, separate from the cost issue. Well, I'm, I'm sure the issue is cost, but curious how you think about the idea of plaques for uh, buildings that are no longer there. There's one in front of my office for a synagogue that was at 7th and Capitol Mall that there's nothing there now. But especially with these stuff like the Native American history or the African American context survey, that the whole point of these grants and efforts is kind of compensating for all the equity issues around there not being buildings for a lot of this stuff. Are plaques for things that are no longer there something that we do or that we could do? Yeah, so that's a, it's a great question. We actually, in this, in this grant, uh, this batch of uh, plaques we gave out for these grants, one of the properties is no longer extant, mm -hmm. and it's the former site of the Williams Memorial Church. That's an African-American church currently located on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Oak Park. And that the former site of that church was just south of Southside Park, and when the freeway went through, the church was demolished uh, through eminent domain. And the church approached us actually as part of the African American Experience Project, and asked us about their hundredth anniversary is coming up, and they would like to place a plaque at the site of that church, and they referred to it as a pilgrimage site for their their members. And so we obliged and said, well, we have this grant program coming up, and we're We'll definitely look into it. So um, there's other examples of this. So for instance, there's a uh, plaque that the Department of Public Works purchased, uh, a city plaque that the Department of Public Works purchased and placed at the um, former, there's a baseball diamond in McKinley Park that's now a soccer field. And the, there's a plaque honoring the baseball diamond and the history of that baseball diamond. That also uh, goes to the mitigation um, angle that uh, Commissioner Root mentioned because that was subject of a environmental impact report uh, for removal of the for development of the underground vault. So yeah, that's definitely something we do. That's a placemaking tool that uh, we'd like to do more of. Um, and it's interesting because when Sac Heritage, we did have sort of a Sac Heritage committee that that reviewed the plaque applications. One of the things that one of the commissioners. Um, or one of the committee members said was that <clears throat> the um, the plaque program was really only intended for existing landmarks. Mm -hmm. But since staff is administering the program now, with that in mind, we changed that rule because we uh, and we can make it clear in the plaque language that the building no longer exists, so that it's the site of uh, rather than a landmark property or a contributing resource. So um, it's definitely a, something we want to do more of especially as we look at underrepresented communities more and more. It's, uh, it's something we need to do more of, so, yeah. Cool. Um, from 
members of the public. Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips. For yet again with Director DeCourcy. Just give me a moment. My uh, notes have gone to sleep here. I need to log back in. All right, thank you. I have a few items for the director's report this evening. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention is that the African American Experience Project was uh, officially endorsed by City Council last month. If you haven't viewed the council meeting, I highly recommend you do so. The reports, uh, the, the survey and the historic context statement received many positive accolades from members of the city council. There were no comments in opposition um, or controversy to the, to the final document. Um, many members of the public spoke favorably of the process and of the, of the outcome in front of the city council. So I highly encourage you to view that, that council meeting if you haven't done so. Um, we approved, we also approved uh, four, well, the city council approved four new Mills Act contracts. And so those properties, uh, there's two of them in East Sacramento, 1301 and 1230 45th Street. We also have uh, the Marshall Hotel at 1122 7th Street and a residential building at 2305 Capitol Avenue that are all new Mills Act properties. We've um, executed those contracts and they're now with the city clerk awaiting recordation by the county, which is the final step in the process. So uh, welcome to those, those new um, Mills Act contract property owners. We're also um, at that council meeting, I should note, we uh, received some press for the Mills Act program and I did an interview um, as well as Bill Berg was interviewed. I can share out that uh, story to the I believe it was CBS 13 that interviewed us and um, about the program and the, the benefits of Mills Act contracts. And I can share that out to the commissioners, but it was a very positive story and it has uh, greatly increased the number of inquiries we've had in the last month or so about the, about the program. And we anticipate um, a number of applications being submitted uh, between now and next fall when we'll process the next batch of applications. Um, the uh, next thing I wanted to mention is we, we have coming up on November 1st, the final public meeting for the Eichler Historic District nomination. That, is, that meeting is at Bell Coolidge Library at 6 p.m. Um, then after that meeting, we, we will begin the nomination process um, after we've addressed any comments or questions that we received during that meeting. So we do anticipate starting that nomination process in the coming months. And then lastly, the uh, official notice for the listing of the Montgomery Way Historic District was provided to staff by the State Office of Historic Preservation, uh, indicating that the keeper of the National Register has uh, listed that property on the National Register and uh, uh, likewise the Office of Historic Preservation has listed the property or the district on the California Register of Historical Resources. Uh, with that, that concludes my updates and I can answer any questions you have about the director's report. Thank you so much. Do we have any commissioner comments or questions for Director DeCourcy? Commissioner Merker? 
Uh, just a quick question about the uh, Eichler Historic District public comment meeting. Where can uh, one find the uh, um, event announcement for that? Um, it's gone out just to property owners, and it's uh, it's went out uh, today, so it's not a digital copy. Um, but the there is a website where there's information about the the project. So. Um, great. Uh, I had two questions I meant to ask before about money that may be crazy, but I wanted to ask, and just before I forget, one was in the staff update, I was n not struck, but just it outlined how much these meetings cost, and what it showed between the prep and the actual meeting is close to like $2,500, which is like more than half of this grant we just got for the plaques, and think about how many more plaques we could do. If we were to, do we get the money back if we cut a meeting? Can we use it? for stuff, or it just goes back into the city budget? I believe it goes back into the city budget. Um, I, that would be a question for the clerk's office, if any of you know. That's their budget, I believe. I believe it is. Um, I don't have an answer for you there, uh, but I will um, uh, speak with my supervisor or okay. the city clerk herself, and uh, we'll get an answer for you. Okay. Um, I was kind of curious what the commissioners thought of that, but it only is relevant if we actually would get Vice Chair Root seems not hopeful. I don't feel hopeful either, but we'll see. It was worth asking. Um, the other question was just, it seems like money is such a limiting factor with all these grants we could go for and plaques and so many things. Is asking council for more money a thing we can do, whether for a specific initiative, like we want X staff help to apply for this one grant, or we want to hire a whole new person? Is that a thing we can do? Yeah, um, and I, this actually is on the agenda, so it's under our annual report. Um, although we've closed that item, I don't know. Can we still talk about it freely, even though I don't know if we're getting too into the weeds? You can respond briefly, but we have closed comment on that item. But I think he's just asked. I think it's okay for you to respond briefly. Okay. Um, so um, yeah, one of the one of the items we've identified on the annual report is a goal to establish a development impact fee that would fund preservation initiatives. So um, that, of course, you know, development impact fees are, are charged when we, when we take a, in a building permit application, so there's a number of fees for various things. Um, it would be a very small fee, but over time would build and could be used for preservation-related, uh, particularly grant projects is the idea, is that a way to, so the city council for the LGBTQ project um, provided a matching grant, a cash uh, contribution from the general plan fund because it's a general plan uh, goal. But if we had a preservation-related development impact fee, we could, we could more regularly uh, dip into that to fund some of these special projects. And so that is one of the items identified in the, in the work plan for, for the coming year. Got it. Thank you, and sorry for forgetting to ask at the appropriate time. Um, any other comments or questions for Director DeCourcy? Great, we'll move on, or any members or comments from members of the public clerk? No speaker's lips. Great, um, we'll move on to commissioner comments, ideas and questions. Anything from the commission? All right, then we'll move on to public comments, matters not on the agenda. I have no speaker's lips, Chair. Great. Well, and with that, we will adjourn after a brief meeting. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time.